Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is, It's Not You, It's Me. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today and to bring my guest on and to talk about, you know, doing the inner work looking at ourselves and and how we can be more of ourselves in the world. There is so much change going on, so much expansion, and it's really time for us to stop looking outside of ourselves so much and making value judgments based on that, but really start looking within. And we're going to dive into all of that today. And I wanted to share something really powerful that's been going on, you know, in... Um, the soul frequency experience, which we are, gosh, more than halfway through at this point, um, there are such powerful shifts that happen. And nobody really understands until they get in there, the type of stuff that goes on. But one of the things that we've been talking about in our sacred chats, we're constantly chatting back and forth and sharing really deep and profound things and moving out old energy. It's really about, you know, being able to be in a safe place in a loving place to be able to get rid of the old junk that we carry around in our life, our baggage and, you know, things that have happened and things that we don't want to carry around anymore because we're expanding and growing. And so one of the things that we're talking about is the first disconnect. And for those of you that have read my book, um, there is a small section about the first disconnect in my book. And we talk about it in TSFE. And what it is and why it's so powerful is it's like the first time you made a decision about your life. And usually it happens between the ages of about four and age 10. It's like we're born into whatever life we're born into. And you're just kind of existing in that reality. Like you don't, you know, you're not old enough yet to say, oh, other people's lives are different than mine. You're just in this life, right? And there's a point of time during the first disconnect where you, where something happens in your life and you kind of for the first time go, oh my gosh, either something's wrong with me, something's wrong with my environment, something's wrong with life. Like it is the first time, it feels so abrupt. It's the first time you're like, wait a second, something's going on here. And if you're a little bit older, um, you might say specific words to yourself. Like you could say something like, I'm not worthy. Or you could say something like, I'm scared. So it's always very simple. If you're young, it's a feeling because you don't really have words or you're not able to self-identify yet. So it's like, it's just a feeling you feel in your environment. And sometimes it's hard to get back to your first disconnect. There's many things that surround your first disconnect, events, experiences, feelings, you know, I mean, we have many feelings, but when you get to it and in this, in the chat, um, so many people are getting right to their first disconnect. When you get to it, you have an emotional release. Like you just literally start crying because you know you've hit on something so valuable and important. 
And that emotional release is all of the energy around this pattern, just like leaving your body. But what's so amazing is instantaneously, your consciousness will bring up all of the things around this pattern. So you can kind of look at your life and go, oh my gosh, I've been looking through this lens of, let's say I'm not worthy my whole life. And I've made all of these choices from this place of I'm not worthy. And none of it's true. I mean, how freeing is that? Like to realize like, wow, I've made all these choices in my life from, from a statement I said to myself when I was a kid, and it's not even real or true. And instantaneously, the energy around this very deep pattern just starts to shift and change. And what happens to people's lives on the other side of that is profound, meaning we no longer have to live out of things like I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And instead, you can start drawing all the things into your life that you actually want by becoming a vibrational match with those things. And so if we have the first disconnect continuing to run, you know, in the unconscious, because um, we oftentimes don't see it or know that it exists, then we're always going to be looking through that lens and making every choice that we make in our life, be it relationship, business, career, like every choice through the lens of seeing ourselves in a certain way that is false. So you can imagine just how exciting it is to finally get to, oh my gosh, this is the lens I've been looking through and it's not true. Therefore, I don't have to live constrained by these things anymore. So that's what we've been looking at and working through. And of course, you know, people are just celebrating once they get on their first disconnect and go, wow, I'm releasing myself from this and I'm moving forward. And the things that people can create in their life is just the sky's the limit. And it's profound. And I, it's such an honor to do this work. It's such an honor to be in this process and literally set people free so that they can see their own value and worth and love themselves and feel good and be able to create the things they want in the world. And today we're going to be diving even deeper into how do we how do we love ourselves, know ourselves, give ourselves care and compassion and acceptance and today my friend Camilla is joining me on the show. She's a global best-selling author of three self-help books, a trained life coach, master NLP practitioner, certified hypnotherapist, and meditation teacher, as well as a Reiki master and a mindfulness-based stress reduction instructor. Her well-being business is called Zen Me Coaching and is based in Los Angeles, where she works with a range of local and international clients from CEOs and celebrities to business owners and executive TV producers. And she specializes in challenges faced by those at the top of their professional game. She is aligned and always wanting to look at how the subconscious mind is working in the lives of people. She's a motivational speaker. She is a wonderful person. And we're going to be talking about her book, It's Not You, It's Me. So with no further ado, welcome Camilla to the show. Camilla, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. 
Yes, we are like soul sisters and I am so sure. happy. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> we just had a conversation for a Camilla show and here we are having one for my show and we just discovered that we're soul sisters. And so um, I spent my weekend going through your book, It's Not You, It's Me. And just nodding my head through the whole book, right? Like, yes, and yes. Like I did with yours. <laughs> yeah, and yes, and yes, right? Um, yeah. but, but before we dive into the book, which I am such a fan of, I want to talk about your journey because I know we have a lot of similarities here too between our lives. Um, but take us back to, let's say, in your 20s, early 30s, and what was going on in your world, who you were at the time, and then what has brought you to today? Oh, I have to chills even just starting when you ask who I was then and then who I am now, because I feel just like it's a different life almost. Um, I, I grew up uh, being an athlete. I was, a, I was a, a dancer and a competitive dancer most of my life. So I guess it was quite a, a strict kind of regime. You know, I was very much a competitor um, in a world where everything was judged, Um in every sense, you know, um, and it felt quite personal often um, through the dancing um, and and dancing became my life. And I often later on joked about the fact that I thought that I actually spent like most of my life in a meditative state, because when you were actually dancing, all of the judgment and all of the problems kind of went away whilst the dancing was happening. It was everything that went with it. Um, but anyway, I, I, I sort of all the way through my life, I was this... Um, you know, person that had it all together. I was very competitive. Um, I was really strict and disciplined. And I, I felt like I had my life planned out. Um, it was just that I was moving so far from who I actually was at my, my soul level that it started to feel very uncomfortable. Um, then I became passionate about, because I guess something, I could feel something wasn't right. So I was trying to think, how can I make myself feel comfortable in this world that I'm now an expert in and where I feel um, I, I belonged in some way because I was good at it now by all of the hours I'd spend in it, but I was, my soul was seeking for something else. So I started really diving into mind tools that really started at 16, but all the way through my twenties, more and more, I worked with an energy coach. And when I started working with my energy coach, that's when everything just um, started to shift, both in my, you know, my dancing career, but also bringing me on to the path of what I was meant to do in life um, and come home to who I am. Like I really sort of from that moment started the journey of turning myself inside out, really. So beautiful. And what was the turning point on your journey, like where you really, because it's one thing to say, well, I think I need to move in this direction, but there's usually a turning point where mm -hmm. we say, okay, life as I knew it is no longer, and yeah. I'm going to take the leap of faith or I'm going to move forward in a new way. What was that for you? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was basically, I had worked so hard um, on fulfilling and achieving my goals. And I found myself on one of the biggest shows on TV in England called Strictly Come Dancing, which is the original version of Dancing with the Stars. Um, and I was on this show for six years and everybody telling me, wow, you're just so lucky. You're on the biggest show on TV. You must love your job. You must love what you do. And there were aspects of it that I love. But inside, when people said that, all I could feel was I am so lost. I don't know who I am, what I want and how 
how to move from here because everything I ever thought I wanted, I now have, but I'm not happy. And then I went through the guilt tripping myself of, you know, how dare you not to be uh, content now that you have all of this and how dare you not to be um, just feeling grateful because I was grateful, obviously, for everything, but I just couldn't understand why I was so unhappy and so lost and feeling so alone and not loved and finding myself in these needy relationships. And, you know, it was just, I felt a bit of a mess inside, but outwardly my life was amazing. You know, so many uh, young girls would tell me, wow, I would love to be in your position and do what you do. And, and I just thought, what's wrong with me? Can't I just fall back in love with this dancing so things can just go back to normal <laughs> for me? Um, but the, the voice inside got louder and louder and louder and just kept saying, uh, no matter the money, no matter the success, uh, the materialistic things that I had, uh, you know, gained and bought and whatever, it was just not fulfilling the void within. And so I ignored the voice for about three years, I think. Um, and I kept thinking another year and then we'll, it'll get better or I'll leave. And then in the end, I just decided that I need to go on a journey. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know how I'm going to earn money, but I have to do something different because this is not for me anymore. And, and, and with gratitude in my heart for everything that I had experienced, but I needed to go figure out who I was now at, you know, uh, 30 something. Yeah. And it's such a like mind trip when <laughs> you achieve things thinking yeah. that that is the path to fulfillment and <laughs> happiness. And then you don't feel that fulfillment and happiness. It's like, yeah. what? There's such a range of emotions. Like guilt is definitely one of them. Yeah. But so what was the change that you made at that time when you finally said, I'm going to do something different? How, how did different show up for you? I jumped and then I just jumped into the unknown with the big waves of excitement and fear in my belly. And I literally didn't know what life would look like next. But I carried on um, for a while trying the the head on with, I should be doing this. This is what I should be doing. <laughs> this is what I should be doing. But deep within, I knew that the only thing that felt right was just studying more of the mind to take courses that I was passionate about, mindfulness, hypnosis, meditation. And then it dawned on me, Camilla, you've used all of these tools to win. You, you know these mind tools. You've worked with sports psychologists and energy coaches for so many years. Why aren't you using these tools to, to heal yourself, to find out what love you know, for yourself looks like? Because like I said, I grew up in this very judgmental environment. I was very hard on myself as an athlete. And I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't kind. The self-talk was not always kind. Um, but I knew how to use them in, in at work, these tools, you know, to win. And I thought, what if I use these tools now to feel content? So I, I went on a quest to find what does content mean for me? How does that look? And what will I be doing when I'm content? Yeah, so beautiful. And you went on to move to Los Angeles mm -hmm. <laughs> and write books and have this incredible practice helping people um, to, you know, to find their content, right? And to find yeah. what matters to them. And I, I want to talk about one of your books. It's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. And before we even dive into this book, like, <laughs> where did the title come from? <laughs> I just think, you know, every day in my practice, uh, and I know you know this too, you know, people come in and they'll tell me, and I was there, you know, you'll be talking about the, the, the friend that's hurt you, the mom that's upsetting you, 
the the boyfriend that's left you or the husband like whatever it is and and I'm I always used to think, how long are we going to spend talking about them? Because they, they, we can't change them. <laughs> you know, now we're here, landed in this kind of uh, dark hole. Sometimes the only thing we can do is, what do you need? Like, what can we do for you? Because it is all about ourselves. And I've been there. I went through a, a very public breakup, and I realized that no matter how much I wanted to blame someone else for my pain, it, it helped nothing. It didn't make me feel better, even if I said it 15 times, you know, it was just, I'm here now, I'm broken, and how can I put these pieces back together? That's where we begin, and that's why it's not you, it's me, because we can't change other people, we can only work with ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. And you talk about four areas, and these are just pinnacle areas that we need to look into, self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love, self-care. And as I was going through this, I'm like, why are these so challenging for us human beings, right? Especially (laughs) self-love, self-care, self-acceptance. I mean, you know, in your history of working with people, like what nuggets of gold have you discovered about, let's say, self-acceptance? Oh, gosh. But even for myself, for everybody, I think self-acceptance is just like that moment of where we say, I I accept all of me, even the moments where I'm not proud of myself. Like I've just, you know, we all have a moment where we might have just got so triggered in a moment, we've said something and then after we're like, oh no, I feel yucky now. Why did I say it like that? Now, if we have this self-awareness to go with that, we can accept okay, not my finest moment. Let me call my friend or let me go downstairs or wherever to tell my sister, my husband, okay, that was not great. I was triggered. This is what happened. (laughs) I accept this about myself. Um, And that's really the way to healing because I think, I don't know, we, me too, you know, as an athlete, I think there was a big part of me where I thought I always had to be perfect. And that's not self-acceptance really, because self-acceptance is sometimes I'm good at something and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm, I mess up and sometimes it comes out right. You know what I mean? But to own all parts of ourselves, I just think that that just is so much healing in that. So much healing in that. And you talk about in the self-love section, which I thought was so beautiful about meeting your own needs and about mm-hmm. speaking up and you know, how often, especially for women, I think it's easy to not speak up. It's easy to worry about everybody else's needs. Like, what do you see in your practice in regards to like women, you know, not speaking up? Oh my goodness. I think, um, I have a lot of blue crystals in here for the throat chakra in my office. (laughs) And, um, and I think one of the most popular hypnosis sessions I do is for people, um, literally speaking their truth, being okay with saying, Hey, this is what I need Um, and be okay with that. Whether the other people are okay with what they're hearing, we don't know how it's going to land, but to be okay to speak it. And and it comes back to like what's happened in childhood. You know, often sometimes we've not felt that we were heard or even that, you know, our, our opinions weren't validated or what somebody else needed was more important or we needed to fit in or, so that's something I think a lot of people definitely, uh, a popular one and I said like I said in my practice something that people really need to be okay whether they're sat in a boardroom or they're just talking to their spouse to say this is what I need 
um, it, it those are big words and they sound so simple, right? But for people to actually communicate that, I, I have, I've worked with couples where they're like three years into their marriage and they'll come and tell me, you know, I really feel like this is something I need. And I'm like, did you ever tell your partner this? And they're like, no. <laughs> and so that's where we begin by being, it's okay. Because if, if a relationship can't handle two people communicating what they need and finding some way of negotiating through that or finding a path that works for both, well, then I don't think maybe the, the relationship can handle much if it can't handle that conversation of what do you need? What do I need? And how do we find a way, you know, that works for both of us? It's so true. It's reminding me as you're saying this, that my husband and I, I think it was two years after we got married, we, um, we went through this just super deep process with each other with, you know, a spiritual leader, um, who walked us through, you know, we come into a marriage or any relationship with your own past baggage and things you've been through and the way your parents think you need to be in the world and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you kind of carry all of that, right. Each of Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. into this like new, you know, connection and marriage. And I remember, I think back to this all the time. I remember sitting across from him in chairs and feeling terrified, like terror, like terror. There's no other word, but terror that was going on for me in speaking certain things. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and in that process he did, and I know he's a little cooler than I am like, but I think he was terrified too. (laughs) But we sat there looking at each other face to face and saying things that were like, you know, against the programming we had received as children and like who our parents were and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of it, like, I mean, we had the most incredible experience and it built our relationship today. But I remember thinking, wow, like, look how much is under the surface of Mm -hmm. relationships and how challenging it can be because ultimately we can be afraid of losing the love, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't say the things. Absolutely. There you go. That that's, afraid of losing the love <laughs> and yet by not speaking our needs yes. might be the exact thing that happens yes. that we need we lose the love <laughs> exactly exactly i'm like this is the stuff that breaks apart the relationship yeah. right it's like yeah. exact your fear is yeah. the exact opposite of the truth it's totally. so true and, and you know and i just want no, i want to just add to that you know i i do a lot of sort of um mediation between couples or coaching however people like to con- you know consider it but the one thing that I say all the time is when they listen to the other person, often they're not hearing actually what the person is saying. They are making their own story of what they're receiving. And so when we really kind of go back to, because of what you just said of whatever has happened before in our childhood, you know, maybe they're just saying a simple thing, but they're hearing, oh, so I'm not important or I'm not, you know what I mean? So one thing is what is said and one thing is what is heard. Those are not right. always matched. <laughs> Almost never, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are hearing through their own lens and people yeah. are speaking through their own lens. It's so amazing. When you really understand that stuff, it's like, it's amazing that we make our relationships work, right? This is like self-awareness. <laughs> totally. It's so important. It's yeah. so awesome. And you also talk in self-love about creating a self-love ritual, which I mm. loved this idea. Can you talk about what is a self-love ritual or what mm. type of thing can people do? I think for me, self-love was was really a concept that just did not really exist in my life too much. Um, to later on, like maybe in my 20s, when I really realized that love starts with me. And that kind of comes back to when you're saying fulfilling my own needs. I needed to go there before I could even create 
a self-love practice. Like I needed to really understand that whatever I had not received from someone else growing up, not because they didn't want to give that to me, but because they were giving from their conditioning and what they thought was important. I needed to really fill up my own love cup. So self-love can be so many things. It can be taking, for me, it's taking time for myself. It, it, I, I, I have to be in a relationship where there's room for me to take time for myself. That is my self-love and that is my self-care. And I can't show up in the world the way I prefer to show up if I don't have that. So I needed to communicate that when I got into this relationship, where in the past I would have just neglected that and abandoned myself to please the relationship. That to me right there is self-love because I was willing to say, if this is what I need, because this is how I love myself so I can show up for you. Um, and if that works for you, then we can be together. And if it doesn't, then... I'm not sure we we're going to work. <laughs> Luckily, I found a partner that needed that too. But <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah. so self-love can be that. Self-love can be meditation. It can be really allowing ourselves to lead from the heart. And I know you talk about that too, you know, just dropping out of our ever thinking mind and into our hearts because our hearts know all the time. We just don't want to hear it sometimes because what we what we feel in the heart is not convenient sometimes. <laughs> it's so true. And and I love the idea of creating a ritual and knowing what it is that fills your cup and being able to, you know, whether that's planning that into your daily schedule or your weekly schedule, like having that specific thing or a couple of things that you do yeah. to, to restore, right? And to yeah. be with yourself. I think it's so yeah. important to how, think about the times when you might say something or do something or not treat somebody the way you wanted to, it's usually because you're tired or you're, you know, yeah. you aren't taking care of yourself. You're not in a good place. Yeah. May, may I add to that? That's exactly right. That's a self-love practice right there that I, I talk about where whenever I'm catch, I catch myself going, oh gosh, you didn't deal with that very well. Or you, you, you could have done this. So sort of, you start to have that little bit of not so kind self-talk. I just say the words and I love myself anyway. I just add it on. And as I say that like a few times, and I love myself anyway, okay, I'm going to apologize to that friend or I'm going to deal with that in a better way next time. And I love myself anyway. That's like a practice you can like literally start today. Just by saying those words, you are, you're changing that not so kind self-talk into, and I love myself anyway. And oh, it can be hard, no. by the way, to say the words. I have clients that tell me, can we just start with like? I like myself. And I and then I go, you can say like, and then when you're ready, you can say love. Um, and another one is the self, the morning check-in that I really love, which is what I find so fascinating is that we often ask everybody else how they are through an entire day, but we don't ask ourselves. When did that happen? That it's, I go, hi, how are you doing today? But I haven't even asked myself. So I, I say in the book, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do before you reach to the phone or you talk to your partner or anything, you just go, how am I today? And just listen, like just the hand on the heart, listen, how am I? What do I need today? And it can be so simple, but I've kind of just noticed my thoughts through the last year. And every single morning I ask myself that. And it's fascinating. Sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm tired today. Like I'm overwhelmed you know, what do you need then? If you're overwhelmed, what do you need? I need to go easy this morning. I need, I need like 10 minutes to just gather my thoughts whilst I write down a few notes or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be this mega big thing that takes all day, but just a check-in, a quick check-in. How am I? What do I need? I think that's brilliant. Like it's so simple. Yeah. Like, 
so brilliant. And you also talk about the energy of words. And so when you say, mm. and I love myself anyways, you're shifting the frequency yeah. of what just occurred. Yes. Right? Whatever you did, you just shifted the frequency with words. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, the words we say to ourselves. Mm. How's that transformed your life personally? Oh. The words you use. That's why I love your book so much too, because you talk about frequency and vibration. I think in my late 20s, I can only say when I put the words, and I talk about this in my first book, energy follows thought, right? I put those three words up on my wall and I read them every single day. And when I noticed my thoughts were going to, like I said, like a negative self-talk or something that was like doubt and fear, I would immediately shift the vibration back to what action can I take right now that's going to support me? And as I was trying to make it at the time as a professional dancer, those three words on their own with the energy work that we were doing between my partner and I um, changed everything. I mean, we went from the, you know, being the top 24 in amateur to be in the semifinal of the professional uh, professional ranks to travel the world, 36 countries, lectured, uh, performed everywhere. Like our dreams were coming true, literally by having taken uh control over what we could control and that was definitely being mindful of the words the thoughts in our minds all of the time shifting the vibration back to a frequency that that was supporting us and um and and yeah it changed everything it, it up leveled my career on a level that i can't even i can't even explain it more than i might have given up if it hadn't happened <laughs> that's all i can say so awesome. It's so beautiful. Like, so where can people find out more about, they, they can get the book, I'm sure on Amazon, anywhere else to yeah. get it. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. Uh, on Amazon everywhere. And in, also like Barnes and Noble and so forth. And on my website, sendme.tv. Uh, it's everything about me really. Um, yeah. Yes. And all your beautiful individual work as well. I know you do uh, sessions with people yes. as well. What are, yeah. what's all the ways that you work with people? I think the the most my my kind of passion in life is really working with the subconscious. So most of my sessions will have an element of hypnosis, raising the kind of uh, subconscious to match the conscious. So really getting into whatever is lingering in the subconscious from previous patterns that that are not aligned with what you're doing now. And um, I mean, meditation and mindfulness is a big part of my practice as well for that. I share the tools that people to, can use at home, but really hypnosis and up-leveling the subconscious um, and coaching is, is my number one, what I do every single day. Mm, it's so beautiful. I'm going to ask you the four questions now that we mm -hmm. ask our guests. Mm -hmm. um, and you are going to know these four questions because you've read my book and <laughs> they're based on the anatomy of transformation, which is the four-step process in my book. And it's maybe just an opportunity for you to share personally anything that you are realizing or moving through, new awarenesses coming up. Um, so the first question is about truth. What is a, a new truth that you have come across recently? I don't need anything. <sighs> That's so good. I can't tell you when that came to me, I it, it, it's like something just, I shared something when those words came. I mean, like feeling hot saying that. I, I truly just, that's been a journey to say those words and feel them. <laughs> I think that is so powerful. And when you said it, I just felt that I was like blown back. I'm like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> so good. So what was it that you needed to release to, to experience that truth? Oh, wow. Ego. <laughs> I needed to really wrestle with my ego and, and to know that 
magic really truly happens when we just dare to trust this the feelings the the whatever the feels good follow it and it can be scary to say no and that's the same for me to say no to things because you think oh maybe I shouldn't say no to that but really when you are brave and you go that doesn't feel good that feels good I'm gonna follow that things just click they click in it's it's I think courage uh, is rewarded yeah I agree 100%. So what changed in your experience as you start to embrace this, like feeling wise, just your daily activity? I mean, that's such a powerful truth. The people, um, I just, every day I'm just so, I'm grateful for the people in my, uh, in my space. Like we, you know, effortlessly, that's what I'll say. Like you and I connected, we didn't even have to go search. We just kind of dropped into each other's lives and this sounds almost like crazy to say that, but that's the truth. It's just like people appear. Um, and I remember listening to Oprah saying those words, the people who need to be in my life will always be in my life. And I, I truly believe that. I really, truly believe that. It's so true because they're a vibrational match. They'll just mm-hmm. move into your reality. Yeah. yeah. So effort, effort fell away and it became more uh, happening more effortlessly. It's so beautiful. And the fourth piece of the puzzle is about alignment. So like a powerful truth like this is going to move you into alignment and have, you know, people moving into your sphere and, and the right opportunities and all of these things just magnetizing towards you. What is feeling or how is your life feeling more aligned? I feel at home within, and I know that that's enough. That's it really. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. This has thank been you, friend. a conversation. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. And thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you do on the planet and sharing Same your gifts. You. Same to you. Grateful for you in this world. Mm, grateful for you too, sister. <laughs> I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.